I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Another one. Uh, it's a big show. It's a really big show. Yes, yes. Wait, let me get. I'm, I'm freezing. super excited. Freezing, man. Okay. Are you freezing, really? Oh my god, it's just so bitter cold, honestly. Oh, oh my god, I am jealous. You see, I'm yeah, jealous. So freezing. <laughs> okay, so here we go. We have the '80s TV ladies podcasters yes ready yeah we uh we got a ton of stuff to talk about with them so one and two sharon and susan here it's they exciting. come it's so exciting <laughs> it is dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's susan right yes i'm susan and sharon <laughs> sharon is still Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hello. Oh my gosh. Oh, look, they got all profesh. They got professional. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, sometimes we just uh like zoom from where we are, but we had to do a couple other things today. So you're, so you're so not in the same place because your backgrounds look similar. We are in the same place. We're in actually like and again it. It looks more professional than it actually is. That's, that's oh, my yeah, it's that. our studio. <laughs> Look at that. Panels well, help with, with our sound. You know, that's professional. That's like totally pro. You know? Well, uh, uh, so my office, I produce. So it sounds like, what have I got? I got the sound on. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's you. No. Susan, do you have the, um, the cable plug in for the? I do. Okay. Uh, it might not be selected, but I'm not getting audio from the cable. Hold on. So we're so pro. No, we again. Uh, I have. Um, I have produced an album out of this garage. Okay. Uh, half of the. Oh. Where is it coming from? Um. Da, da, da. Can you just check the settings on there? Okay. There we go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's okay. the problem. Hold on. Is it for both now? This is better. We're not hearing anything. Can you hear me? So, you know, JD, you can take this time and like fluff and primp and everything. Oh, we're not. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's what you usually do in a few seconds before everybody comes out. <laughs> you can, know can you guys... me. I was, I was wanting to fluff. Ah, uh, yes. Much better. All right. Can you guys <laughs> hear me? I totally can hear you. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> mm -hmm. excellent. I I've rehearsed plays in my in this garage. I've uh, uh, recorded half an album, uh, and uh, wow! Now we're podcasting, so it's sort of my little home office, whatever. Like multi a studio. It is like a studio. A we studio. shot. We actually also, sh you know, shot and made a a web show from from here. So oh, like my own little private Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my spare room was in my little condo in florida when we when we first started doing uh 
podcasting back in 2006. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like no one knew what <laughs> no one knew what it was. But um, they called it, um, I think they called it internet radio. They didn't really have a word, yeah. right? I don't think they said podcast. Or we didn't, maybe we, we did broadcast live for the first like three years. And then it was so hard to ask people to show up at the same time. And they did though, but you know, to show up at the same time and cause we had an interactive chat room and all that stuff. So yeah, that, that room was seriously like a, like a little studio and uh, it's fun. You know, it's fun. You can be <laughs> creative as you want but uh podcasting you know seems to be the the way forward I think I was just yeah. a, little, a little ahead of the ahead of my time but um totally totally yeah, totally. yeah. but now every everybody's got one <laughs> every everybody's got a podcast but the cool thing is that I feel like you guys have honed in on such a niche topic you know because who doesn't know an 80s tv lady you know and right. honestly, I, it's when I was like scrolling and looking and I'm like, oh my God, Stephanie Power, Stephanie Zimbalist. And you yeah, know, yeah. On the list, and I'm, I'm cracking up because I was like, oh my God, my mother used to have Stephanie Power's hair, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, it's like, I, it was going down, like I was going down a rabbit hole with all the, with all that. For- for my sister's oh, wedding, she wanted us all to have big hair. And so I like, I think I took out like a, like a, the side of a door jam or something because it was just <laughs> and the hairspray because it had yeah. been so big. Oh yeah, it was stiff. Yeah. Yep. You know, take yeah. out an yeah. eye. Jeez. But sorry, so where are you guys? One of you is in Florida and one of you in London? Yeah. I'm in Florida. Okay. I'm in I'm in London. In Boca. Wow, what time? Oh ah, <laughs> very nice. Love it. <laughs> Bless her heart. Okay. This way you can keep it straight. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm here, um, but I'm I'm heading to Florida in uh, what, a week from Friday, Yay! a week from tomorrow. Oh God! And so, how um, long will you get to be in Florida? I am there till the thirty first because JD is playing at uh, her and her band are playing at West Palm Beach Pride, and mm-hmm. can't miss it. Got to go. <laughs> Got to be awesome. Got to go. Yeah. yeah, we got to do some rainbow remix uh, footage there or something. <laughs> something like some that. Kind of something. Yeah. It's actually like my favorite Pride Fest because it's not anything like a New York City Pride or a San Francisco Pride. It's this gorgeous little park that's on a lake. And it's, you know, it's this, you see the same faces every year and it feels like everybody's all in tight. <laughs> you can't miss anything. You don't, you're not like ready to pass out tired when you're done. You know, it's just been, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And they got that big. Yeah. And it's the that gorgeous amphitheater mm-hmm. that you guys get to play. So yeah, yeah, it is. It's one of my favorites. It just, it, it's a, it's a lot of faces and a lot of good vendor stalls and food and entertainment in a tiny condensed space and it's mm-hmm. you know it's like nothing else it's really one of my favorites so I'm super glad I'll be there for that I mean yeah I'm going to visit my parents <laughs> but this happens that, to be come on this happens yeah. to be right so um yeah so we're uh we'll be hanging out together for a little bit but I've I've been here for uh 12 years now um, wow yeah yeah it's uh you know 
it's it is what it is. Did you come? Did you come for 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 business? For love? No, my for... my wife. My wife is Australian, okay. and then one of our mm-hmm. listeners gave her a job here in London, so she moved to London. And then back then, uh, like two thousand eight, we couldn't get married anywhere. <laughs> So um, we ended up flying to Canada, getting married, and then I moved here. Wow. Yeah. Quite wow. a story. The beauty Quite a story. I know. I know. All because of podcast, because she heard me on a podcast. We started mm-hmm. serious? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. The that power of podcasting. <laughs> She's like, it's a story. That's my it's woman. Yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah. It's so it's, it's you really fun. heard you on a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then did she reach out? Did you guys? Yeah, she wrote in and said, you know, like we were fumbling. It was probably like our first, sometime within our first year. And we were just fumbling like so bad. We were so new at it, me and me and my friend. And, uh, and so she emailed and, and she said, I'm in Australia. I found your podcast. I absolutely love it. And I have some questions. And she had these really interesting questions because they were like, um, what was your favorite lunchbox when you were little? Um, you know, what, what was your favorite snack and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, you know, whatever. And, uh, but, but the questions spawn such great conversation and, you know, always like a trip down memory lane and, and then our, our chat room people would get in on it and answer it. And <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, look at the engagement we're getting here. You know, so I emailed her back after the first time we we read it on the air and I was like could you do this every week like could you you write in and and ask us like goofy questions or whatever every week and she she said yes (laughs) and so for three years like every week she would mail us in questions and she you know would have a little you know how you doing I'm you know still she was in at university at the time um so I just you know uh kind of considered her like a college kid you know and then I'll be <laughs> by and she had graduated and she got her teaching degree and she was teaching and it was her first uh, summer break. And she wrote and said, I'm coming to Florida with my with my friend James and, you know, we're going to New, New York and L.A., but we want to know if we could stop off in Miami. And uh, I was like, oh, OK, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they came for four days and that was that was pretty much it. <laughs> We knew, we knew. Did you know a little bit before? Did I know what? Did you know a little bit before? Like, was it like, oh, this will be interesting or? Yeah, well, the thing was, I didn't do the math. So in my head, I still kind of thought that she was going to be this like geeky little college kid. And she stepped out of the car and I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) I I didn't even want to make eye contact because I felt like I would be leering, you know? So I was kind of like, and she thought that I wanted nothing to do with her because I wouldn't even look, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got over that. And, uh, and um, yeah, we just knew we had something and we had to figure out how to make it work. And so we did the long distance thing for three years. And then, um, yeah, then, like I said, one of our listeners um, who we met on a, on a cruise um, and we uh, ended up being really close with uh offered offered my wife uh, offered Gemma a job in London and it was like oh that's a little closer you know 27 hours nope eight yeah <laughs> we can do that um so yeah she gave up teaching and became a you know a, con- a consultant for my friend's business and we have been here 
ever since. <laughs> now, was it this podcast or was it a different podcast? No, it was, a, no, lesbian, it was a lesbian lounge. It was an old lesbian lounge. lounge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it was, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's really Jay. I mean, we had JD on a million times, you know, a mil- probably <laughs> more than anyone. You know, we would we would crank. Call I loved and- coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you guys? Did you guys meet in Florida? Yeah, yeah, we've been friends forever because um, yeah, I would you know we, we uh, my old co-host Donna and I would would do a lot of Pride Fest and we would introduce JD. So we ended up yeah. being, being friends and everything, and then you know we invited her to to the studio and and to to be on the podcast. But then once we got familiar with her, we would just like crank call her all the time. <laughs> She was like, oh, and I'm, they would- I'm, I'm in Target. And I'm like, well, <laughs> tell me what's in oh your basket, God. you know? And we would just throw <laughs> on the air all the time. But yeah, so we, we, we've always been um, good friends. So this- this And then was- I would call in, I would, if I was, tra- I was traveling a little bit more at that time, I was yeah. playing bases around the country, uh, military bases. And I was playing, I was recording in Nashville, but it seemed like I was this world traveler on this tour that was never ending, but I was going like on a weekend and coming back. I wasn't on this never ending tour, but it just kind of seemed that way. Cause I, here I am in Nashville, here I am in Alabama. I would, but if I was there on the night you would do on the show, I would always call in and be like, Hey girls. Yep. It was just funny. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, yeah we've had that, this connection for like a long time. And then, you know, during, uh, uh, COVID, I was editing old shows to make them current, and um, Jay and JD like hit me up and was like, "Hey, you want to do a podcast?" <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, we we've, uh, we've been doing this for a while now, but um, but I what the thing I like about it is that we get to meet like such cool people, and mm-hmm. I love supporting other podcasters where I think sometimes other podcasters feel a little weird about sharing a spotlight, you know? So I was so excited when you guys said yes, because I just think it's, it's a great, you know, like I said, it's a great niche. Jay and I always are talking about eighties nostalgia, you know, like, yes, I heard you talking about some (laughs) eight and particularly eighties music, which of course is clearly close to my heart. There it is. (laughs) that's a popular Um, (laughs) but yeah like I think for most of us like you know that are in this age group um like that's like that's like a hug when you talk about 80s tv ladies it's like a hug I I just think like especially sitcom moms you know, yes. like, weren't we kind of raised by them a little bit? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we ra- raised a lot by television. You know, my mom was a working mom and a, and a single mom. And so we would come home from, from school and, and, you know, I was a latchkey kid. We'd let ourselves yeah. in, do our homework in front of the television, you know, eat all the snacks in the house. And uh, <laughs> you know, then my mom would get home from work and make dinner and we wouldn't be hungry. <laughs> I wasn't a latchkey kid, but I was definitely raised by television. I I was always fascinated by it. We, my father was in the Air Force, and we spent um, four years in Japan. And and the the night we got home, um, we got back to the states. We were staying at my uncle's house in Oakland, 
I couldn't sleep as usual because I sleep on a plane, but, right. and I'm up downstairs in the, in the, in the family room in the basement, watching blood and sand on TV because <laughs> it's in English. That's and all that I mattered had, at that time. Yes, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I had, I'd seen maybe two or three things in English when we were living in Japan. That didn't mean that I didn't watch television in Japan because I did. <laughs> which is a very interesting exercise yeah because you yeah. you you you'd be surprised at how much you can glean by just watching what people do in inflection oh, totally. and, yeah. and all that kind yeah. of thing yeah um, and, and I also remember this very slapsticky broad comedy that was on Saturday nights that really <laughs> didn't require a lot of 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 dialogue to understand what was happening exactly so, I mean I, I was addicted to um I think it was called MXC you know, it was kind of like a Japanese game show where they would just have uh, people doing these crazy ass stunts. And I was just like, oh, wow. okay. I think I you know. I would call my friend and be like, put this channel on. And then <laughs> don't sit on the phone and be like, is this the most insane stuff you've ever seen? They're trying to cross like a wooden rickety bridge. And then all these feel- like, enemies are throwing like, like have a big shooter Nerf things at them, pummeling them with volleyballs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It feels like it was the precursor to uh, the the what's the big uh, wipeout? Huge show, wipeout. Yeah, wipeout. Well, before wipeout. Well, I mean, or after wipeout. There actually was a, a American Ninja. Yes, but there uh, actually was a, uh, a show on ABC called "I Was on a or Got Lost on a Japanese Game Show" or something like oh, that, and they right. did yeah. all that crazy stuff. Yeah, I love that show. Weren't like <laughs> they weren't like big action pack sets, you know. That right. were, you know, I mean, it was just out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and they would just like have to crawl through like a pond that had sludge in it and look <laughs> for stuff, and it was just the most humiliating stuff and they were so happy to do it so it was like oh my god we I me and my friends I, honestly I we would we would get super stoned and we would watch it and just laugh all night all night it was crazy <laughs> but that's like that's what I mean like you don't there were we didn't understand a word that was being said thank god they had like a comedian doing the voiceover you know to kind of mm. Mm-hmm. and everything but it, it was uh you know it was crazy it's and that's what i get like they didn't even need the voiceover like it would just be funny without it <laughs> but uh, when i was in spain that we we went to barcelona for a friend of mine's birthday and um there were no subtitles or english channels or anything so mm. everything was in spanish and that was fun kind of like when your remote gets stuck on sap but um yeah i think we were all like do you have favorites like what was do you have because i have so many that i i don't know that i could pick one but like during from 80s tv TV yeah i think we actually or lady yeah yeah well i think we kind of started with actually two of our favorites susan's was scarecrow and mrs king and mine was remington steel i always loved remington steel I had a bad. Do you, do you remember Jackson. Scarecrow, and Mrs. King? Yeah, yeah I had. Oh, I had yes. a bad for Kate Jackson. Yeah. Jackson, the smart one. Yeah, I didn't know, but I knew. You know what I mean? Like, I was little. <laughs> oh, was she one of the like? Was that part of like? Oh, I don't know, but I know. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and 
my mom loved Bruce Boxleitner. So it worked out really well because she would want to watch that. And I'd be like, okay. (laughs) Because, well, first like Sabrina Duncan, you know, like then the smart one. And yeah. um, yeah. And, and then when that came on, I was a little bit older so yeah, it, things were clicking. Things were clicking right around then. It was a big <laughs> right around then. So, what are some of the shows? So, so you, so what do you do? You discuss the shows on the podcast. Like, what is what is your format for? So it it's, it started because I because I was watching you know eighties. I was watching everything during COVID, right? Yes, and, right. And and part and watching a lot of seventies and eighties television. New Heart. I'm I'm a huge Cannell fan. Stephen uh, J. Cannell fan and yeah. and you know and and the A team and and Hardcastle McCormick also loved eighty shows, but I particularly looking back at them, I noticed then, but I really notice now, like there's there's no women, and if there are women, they're gone by the end of season one. Like if they're yeah, you know, and you're like, why why is that? Like he got he got <laughs> so many other things right. Why was he kicking the women to the curb? And I was like, oh, somebody should do a podcast about the women in in television and particularly eighties television because it was. It was very odd time, right? A very formative yeah. time for television, and so then I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I should do that." So, um, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, Sharon, who knows way more. She's watched more television than I have, and uh, and and has. I don't know. We've known each other since the '80s, so it worked out <laughs> to say, "Hey, come. Do you want to come talk?" So it was just going to be us talking, but mm-hmm. I was going to try to get interviews. But we've actually had a lot of success getting interviews with. Um, 80s television makers oh and modern, oh. modern te- television makers who will come on and um, and talk about the shows that were either like impactful to them or writers, writers like so that. writers producers. So m- I'm married. My husband is Richard Haddam, who is a, a television writer and producer. Um, and so through him and through other friends, I went to USC Film School. So I know a lot of people that are working in television. So I'm. Uh, it's also I figured, well, at least we, we could get on some modern television people and say, what were your favorite 80s shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's happening, too. But we re- also were like, well, it doesn't hurt to reach out. So we reached out, starting with Scarecrow Mrs. King, and we got to Martha Smith, and we got to Eugenia Ross Lemming. And one of the reasons I remember Scarecrow Mrs. King so fondly is mm-hmm. it was the first television show that I recognized female names in the credits as executive producer and showrunner and as somebody that was interested it was sort of that like wait these are people's jobs oh wait that's a woman now uh, weirdly i didn't notice eugenie ross lemming's name first i noticed the second season showrunner was a woman by the name of juanita bartlett and and i knew her name because her name was also on the rockford files which was another show oh that i watched God, yes. and so she was an early, an yeah. early um writer and showrunner in Hollywood and she was she wasn't working on the woman's show right like so Juanita Bartlett has always I've always been fascinated by her you don't hear a lot about her she passed away um uh in like 2017 something like that but she worked on the Rockford Files she ran uh several of the tv the Rockford Files movies she was the executive producer she was on um uh um Greatest American Hero uh she worked on um, she ran uh, a season of In the Heat of the Night. She ran a season and a half of Scarecrow Mrs. King, where she was the executive producer. There weren't that many, right? No. Women doing that. And and but and then Scarecrow Mrs. King was also co-created 
by a woman, Eugenie Ross Lemming, and her partner, Brad Buckner, um, were the creators of Scarecrow Mrs. King. And they had there's a whole story behind that because they basically ended up walking off the show because it was very difficult to produce. And the more successful they became, the more difficult it was. And they were very young. And she's like, I wouldn't walk off it now. Yeah. We probably wouldn't walk off it now. But at the time we were like, life's too short. This is no fun anymore. We're out. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's commendable. <laughs> it's and she's still she's still working to get today. She was uh she, I don't know how many years she was showrunner on um uh supernatural, supernatural but certainly by the in the final season uh, probably last oh, few yeah. seasons she was a showrunner so okay. she she and her uh, co-writer partner have been have been on all sorts of things they could they created uh lois and clark right oh, yeah. okay and um and then and then they were on and then ran supernatural for several several seasons i think oh, they were on for almost the whole wow. run of the show of that that's show. Crazy. so they're very impressive yeah. And so what I think we found as we started to track down women and talk to them that were working in the 80s is they're great and we're having a blast. So now <laughs> yeah. it's become like a big part of the show. So we're, we, when we cover a show, yeah, we try to do an overview of the show. We're not doing a, a walkthrough. We're not there. We're, it's not an episode by episode walkthrough. Right. We started off looking at sort of season by season, but now we're looking more at like an overview of the show. Um, just like, okay, here's some information about the show. Here's why it was important in the 80s. Here's the women that were involved in it. And then if we can bring on people that were involved in the show to talk about it and bring on modern like television makers. Yes. Some of which are actually people that worked <laughs> in, the, in the 80s too, yeah. but some are not and talk about the show. So yeah. in season two, um, uh, we're going to have uh Jane Espenson and Drew Greenberg, and they're really well-known television makers now. They both worked on Buffy. They worked on um, uh, Drew Greenberg ran the Shield, not the, not the Shield, but the Agents of Shield. Shield. <laughs> that one. Those Wait, are very that's different. Totally shows. different. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Totally different. Sorry. You guys, and, um, God, you know, when you were when you're saying how few women, I it kind of struck me because. Um, Tuesday night we had Sharon Glass on the show, and uh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. We had Sharon Glass on the show. Yes, <laughs> yes. we love Sharon Glass. She's yeah. in Florida. She, was she, yeah. goes, she lives in Florida. Yep, yep. But, oh, yeah. she lives here. I didn't know she lives here. I thought she was she visiting Star Island. Where? Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> one, one of those places. One of those <laughs> islands in Miami. Um, but yeah, how about Barney Rosenzweig though? Like he, uh, Barbara Corday. Yes. Was, you know, um, doing Cagney and Lacey's forever. Like, I remember when I was 15, I wrote a Cagney and Lacey script and I remember I had to get wow. my parents' signature to submit it. Uh -huh. <laughs> and got my rejection letter from Barbara Corday. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. That is really impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we didn't learn that they were actually, they would take submissions like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did a lot of research back then. I was reading. I was going to say just the, just the like, oh, I'm going to write a script. And then. I so yeah. I was, was going to be a famous television writer when I was. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> Just like lock myself in the in the, in a guest room with a Corona typewriter for uh, the whole summer. Like didn't even. Didn't even I know didn't even. You go know, it's out. interesting. It didn't occur to me as as I mean I was was in in and am still an avid television watcher and but it never occurred to me that 
I would be able to produce or write or do Imagine anything to actually make, make television. <laughs> I was like 15 and thinking I could, I had to go buy like the book to show you how to write. <laughs> right, right. Ripped and, and so what was, do you remember the name of the book? It it was, it was something for writers. <laughs> I yeah. what it was. I remember buying it probably, at Walden Bookstore in a mall. Wow. They probably have like, like, like apps now. I think yeah. they have oh, apps now. Yeah, yeah. You now can... I got duet, you know, like rocking <laughs> and duet. That's the thing. It's so, it's so much easier to access information. Yeah. So my mm -hmm. husband was writing A-team scripts and Hardcastle McCormick scripts at 15. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, and oh, submitting dude, them and trying I'm to so get them and being rejected. Yeah, <laughs> but it never <laughs> occurred to me. <laughs> it never occurred to me, really, even though I was noticing women's names on the credits, I still didn't really quite realize that the television shows were written. Like, I figured movies were written, but television shows, it's just like, oh, let's get in a room and we'll just like, you know, we'll take the car <laughs> well, down the street. Like, I just have a little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I paid so no I attention whatsoever like... to the names on the screen. To me, they were just taking up space before we got to the action <laughs> or whatever the comedy you, was. I researched the shit out of it for like a year before I actually like, you know, sat down and was like, okay, um, <laughs> like really heavily researched. And uh but it, you know, that's what struck me was that I'm like, I I wanted it like I I just thought I had an in because she was a woman, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. had a genuine in. <laughs> you know, I still have the rejection letter today. But that is amazing. And and so was you thought you had an in because it was a because it was a female driven show. Yep. And was there, and what did you decide? Do you remember what your story was? Yes. For, for them. Yeah. And what did you decide? Like, like, what did you feel about those characters as? Well, as you I had watching, what did you discover? Okay. Like I watched it, you know, obviously from the beginning, I was a huge fan, like to the point of like my birthday cakes were decorated like television sets with the blue Cagney and Lacey writing. Ah. Yeah. Like I was a like crazy fan. Um, and the, and so I had this um, idea that um, like a runaway would kind of take to Cagney, you know, and and she would like, you know, let this kid in her, her home and all this other stuff. But and, the, you know, the thing was, I got the rejection letter. And then the following season, there was an episode where Mary Beth's son ran away and went to Cagney's. And they, like, I was going to say they were very familiar lines. <laughs> and I was like. But anyway, I, um, you know, cut to like uh, 2011 and I end up working for Sharon while she was over here doing a play. And I told her the story about the script. <laughs> and she was just like, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, she was like, how old? I was like, you know, the summer before I turned 15, she was like, what <laughs> so impressive it was so funny that was so funny and we still you know that trip you know when well that at that time I met Barney and he's like a, like I was saying this on Tuesday he's extremely intimidating you know, <laughs> uh, like I don't know if you read his blog but he's well, very we, opinionated <laughs> we have yes we had him on the show we have just dropped the Barney episodes 
Did you? Oh, yeah, so we, it's a wow. two-parter because we we sort of said, hello, hello, Barney, nice to have you on the show. And then he talked for about three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> I believe that. But Listen, it, was it was great. All, it was all fascinating. It was yeah, fantastic. And we could still be talking because there were so many roads we didn't go down because hey. they're just, we. but yeah, it was, it was great. But we're, he is an old school producer. Oh, totally. yeah, he is old school yeah. producer, man. Big time. He reminds me of people I met when I first came to LA. Oh, I believe that. And you know, yeah. like, were you, were you impressed with his passion for getting women yes. out there? Like yes, that absolutely. was amazing. That's what we talked about for the 20 minutes that I allowed myself before I was like, I, I got to get out of here. It was like too much, you know? But uh, um, no, we, we were actually, we were waiting, waiting for a car um, and just picked his brain a little bit. But that's the thing that impressed me the most is that even now, you know, present time, he's still such an advocate for, you know, women writers, women showrunners, you know, women driven series. And back then it was almost unheard of, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, it's, it's insane it's, that he created that show. Yeah. Um, and what and and pushed so hard. And when you watch that show, that show is very carefully put together. I give him a lot of props for yeah. Yeah. not <laughs> just for women, but you know, for the stories they took on abortion, oh, big heavy topics. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All the domestic kind of violence. Like yeah. their yep. third episode or something was basically going, well, the cops are racist. If I'm a, a black kid, I'm not gonna get a, a you know mm -hmm. a real a real shake from you guys so you're right. and they have to they're like are we like are we really not like and, they, yeah. and <laughs> you're like it's 1982 yes. right yeah that's right it's, yeah it's just it's it's amazing to me like right and right through to like the trials of rosie o'neill you yes. know again mm -hmm. that was so you know that felt groundbreaking in its own right and it's 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 just amazing that that people didn't get on board you know it is amazing that it, that that it still feels like groundbreaking on some level it yeah. shouldn't feel it's, as it's like amazing a struggle i mean you got shonda rhimes that's you know right that now you know that has shown that you can have an empire <laughs> yes <laughs> but what's but, what's been interesting in going back and looking at these shows is is you're seeing things like what was happening on cagney and lacy and scarecrow and mrs king and remington steel there were there were there was a lot of envelope pushing going on on these shows mm -hmm. yeah. that they surprised <laughs> me. I I had forgotten. Trying. Yeah, and and the fact that even today it seems like it seemed like there were things that today they wouldn't put on television. Right. Yeah. In some ways, was a little disheartening. Um, even on the even on the sitcoms like um, the Golden Girls, they had. A, I was watching something the other day, a thing about. Uh, I think it was on Instagram, but they they uh, covered topics back then like um, HIV and AIDS. They covered her, Blanche's brother was gay. Yeah. They covered um, domestic violence. They covered teen pregnancy. Like, and it was a sitcom, so you would think like they wouldn't have touched upon those subjects, but they did. I mean, they so they really yeah they well. Yeah, for that time, you would think that it wouldn't be topics they would pick for a sitcom, right? Well, I think it, 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 I think Golden Girls in particular is standing on the shoulders of of both All in the Family, but also Maude, obviously. Yeah, Maude. And right, Maude right. In the seventies, right. was very also true. 
covering those and and breaking ground yeah. and all in the mm -hmm. family to to talk about issues in a way that made it possible i think for a lot of american families to yeah. to, to have a way to totally. voice conversations in their own home i i think that's an interesting thing that was happening and golden girls again was just so much fun i mean we haven't we haven't covered that show yet, but we have looked at yeah. it for, for other reasons, you know, you when know we're talking about something else. And, you know and yet to bring in those stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. When there's books written about them. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Like just, I know, I'm sure you read all Barney's Cagney Lacey yes. and me, but my uh, friend Frank DeCaro, who is a, was a, a XM serious radio talk show host, he was on The Daily Show. His partner, Jim, just wrote like Forever Golden. Or, and it's about like all the behind the scenes. He's just got, now he's got another one for the love boat. And he oh interviews all the people that were, you know, on the love boat and everything. And he, <laughs> it's a lot of interviews. <laughs> and everybody was on the love boat. That's yes. the great thing. Is everybody. <laughs> But I, I would watch, that. I, would I really do. On Facebook, and he would have yeah. like a list. if yeah. anybody knows, and the list would be like nine miles long. Of well, people. <laughs> who did we talk to that had done a love and 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 the like? It never occurred to me that they were also just going on a cruise to make the show. I know. Like, yeah. I thought that I thought it was all sets, but apparently that's why people would do it because oh. they would get a cruise to Cabo San Lucas, like or whatever. Like really? you're like, yeah, they actually are taking, and particularly the European ones. Everybody wanted to do those. I believe because, that. Yeah, I they were it was sets too. I never, I never knew they actually went on the cruises. They, they did. <laughs> they did some set work too. I think they yeah. they mm -hmm. did some for for some of the much smaller scenes, but. When they're on the ship, they're on the ship. And Do you they're remember at sea. How they, they would show like the port and the people in line getting on the boat. Yeah. 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 So I was always like, oh my God, I can't wait to go on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> was no big deal. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Cruises are fun. Well, I'm one in September. Um, so what's, what sitcoms have you guys done in the way of, uh, of like 80s sitcom? Uh, well, you know, well, so in family season, stuff for yeah. In season one, we really focused on sort of action adventure. So it was it was Scarecrow, Mrs. King, Remington Steel, and Cagney and Lacey kind of rounded mm -hmm. our season. And we spent no we ended up heart. spending. Um, we didn't do hard to hide. We end up because we, we, we'll get to it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It took, you know, we <laughs> there's so about, many. There's I know. so many. I know. As soon as you start, you kind of like oh, okay, we can go forever. Like it felt I'm like so niche. Of, like there's there are just so many. There's so many, and and so and so we decided to concentrate on comedies for season two, which we just okay. started to work on. So for season two, and you know maybe I don't know if I, if I we if we were going to hold this, but I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so oh, we're gonna it. we're we're gonna look at It's a Living, which is a, oh. a yeah. I don't know if you remember. I just heard the theme song yeah. in my head. It's a living. <laughs> yeah. And and so that's very exciting because that has a lot of women, right? And mm -hmm. there were all there are women that are working in the top hotel of the Bonaventure right. Hotel in Los Angeles, and they they sort of shoot the opening at the Bonaventure mm -hmm. in L.A. Um, and then we're also going to look at um, um, designing women. Um, oh yeah, I was just going to say designing women. <laughs> the night, and, the lights went awesome. out. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And, awesome. Um, and we're looking at um, uh, oh, Can I just, uh, nine to five. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Before we go on. Oh, I just want to make this mental note really quick, like just put this out there and then we'll go back to it. 
wasn't Anthony one of the first like gay characters in an ensemble cast? Here's the funny thing. No. I no. thought that too. He's not gay. Yeah, he's not. He's not gay. When I was, it, that's, it's, it's so His interesting because was... I hadn't. I no, never thought no. he was gay. What, did they? And yet in my that? head, for some reason, I had that too. Wow. Except when we, I'm like, oh, I had this completely wrong Wow. I never thought he was gay. Oh, I know that's weird. I just—he <laughs> got—he okay, actually got so married in the in he gets the last married, season. He gets oh, married. He might have given he up. He runs away. He season. like he gets left at the altar at the last minute, and oh, so then he the, the girls take him to Vegas, where he ends up marrying a Vegas showgirl, Cheryl Lee Ralph, played by Cheryl oh, Lee Ralph. Yeah. She's having a rebirth oh, right now. No kidding. Wow. Cheryl Lee Ralph also in. The last season of It's a Living. Yep. It's a yeah. Living. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. that, so yeah, so we're concentrating on, on some of the comedies. What I also want to look, I don't know if we'll do it this season, but because we run out of time, like I want to do Fame. Yeah. I want to do um, 227. I want to do um, A Different World. Mary. So what those about are the things. Landing? You want, are we'll you going to touch there. on Not Landing? Oh my God, there's so <laughs> many. Yeah. Those are like, yeah. I get so mad at my mother for having to put on her her soaps, her nighttime her soaps. <laughs> the nighttime soaps, the dynasty, we definitely have to cover. We did talk to like so we've we also got to do an interview with um Eilish Sabrasky, who was Aaron Spelling's costumer. And oh she my is God. adorable. She was the head costumer wow. for Aaron Spelling. So she had a lot of love boat stories. She had a lot of <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor stories. Probably the one that told us uh, about the love going boat. to love boat. Yeah. Yes, I think she was. Going up, oh, yeah, wow. people actually going. And and um she also, what did you just what show were we just talking about? That made me think of Eilish because she worked on that show. She was Dynasty. I mean, uh, not oh, Dynasty. Yeah, Dynasty. she was the customer for Dynasty. So for Aaron uh, <laughs> oh Spelling, she was involved. Those iconic gowns when they were fighting in the pond. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. So she's incredible. And it's That's so a exciting. Season. Like a adult or you know yeah. primetime soap operas is like a a whole nother whole thing. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, and so many actors started on those soaps the ryan hopes and the uh yes. you know you're like oh my god you know, oh, we started, right. we, yeah and so that's it's just been very it's been really exciting it's been it's been you know dreamy like and now we're just like oh we yeah. gotta get everybody i need everybody on <laughs> yeah. this show well and i think the thing is because so much time has passed it's pr it probably feels really good to them you know that someone's reaching out to them and want and they want to talk i mean i can't even imagine yeah yeah no, I don't want to. <laughs> no, but yeah, and it's, uh, and people have been very gracious about helping really us have. find other people. So yeah. Sharon Gless, we inter we we interviewed Barney. Barney was like, "Oh, you got to talk to Tyne." He got yeah. us to Tyne Daly, and oh, then Tyne Daly says, Tyne "You tell Sharon that I did the show, and she'll come on your show." Oh, she told me. <laughs> yeah, and she, she totally did. Will. She and she she did, and she was absolutely lovely. Um, and we had just a blast. And then, and then she she got us Karen Arthur, did she? She got us. She helped get us Karen yeah. Arthur, which who is a director. Does that sound familiar? I see the face. Karen Arthur was the first woman to win a directing Emmy. Yes. Okay. Uh, and she won it in 1985 for yeah. a Cagney and Lacey episode. Yes. And yes. her Isn't interview is fantastic. Yeah. And that then it would be amazing. another 11 years before the next woman won 
Wow. That hurts. Like that, doesn't that hurt you in the heart a little bit? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. God. It surprised me, but it does hurt a little bit. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. Every year, so- every year I watch like that award shows and I'm just like, this fucking sucks, you know? <laughs> God. It's I mean, there is a shift. I think there's been such, if you, you know, it, 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 it just takes like, it took like a decade and then another decade before yeah. the third one, practically like seven years after yeah. Mimi later, Mimi leader won for, um, ER, ER, ER. Um, oh, that God, was the second one too. And then, but then the last few years, it has been a more even playground. Yeah. More uh, even. Um, but what was interesting, so when I knew we were coming on your show, I was like, well, it's, I haven't really, we haven't done an examination of LGBTQ in the 80s. Because oh, there was none. There <laughs> right, was, not there much. Was very, <laughs> a lot, but there was a little bit. Very tiny, tiny. Yeah. And that's very, like, and you're like, so you that, know, that's interesting to me. So mm-hmm. when you're like watching television as a young person that is sort of going, huh, Teetering. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm somewhere it was in ER. this world. Now that you mention it, it was ER. Um yeah. Dr. Weaver. Dr. Weaver, right? Oh. So we had Michelle Benia on who played her partner back then. Um oh. and right, right, yeah. Like it was I was like fangirling when we had her on because because of that. It was yeah, yeah. The first, like you know, um where it was continued in the storyline it wasn't just a, a one-off through right character or you know a one and done kind of thing it was it was a you know it was an actual arc so I I yeah I think that that was probably the first time I really kind of sat up and said I, I in my mind I was like I can't believe they're showing this on tv kind of thing you know <laughs> but um on the flip side of that, it was like, thank God they're showing this on TV. Yeah. Because yeah, I think a lot of people, it woke people up, you know, to say, wow, here's a, and at that time the show was like huge mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. they had the yeah. audacity to have a <laughs> storyline in it. You know, it was yeah. just, not just a gay guy that's, you know. And that, that was a crazy thing. I was like, okay, I got to go find out, you know, sort of, you know, queer representation in the 80s again very slim mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a wikipedia list i don't know how accurate it is oh that has Thanks. um that that breaks it down by the 80s and and there were about what was interesting a couple of interesting things popped out for me there there were over 70 episodes of television i didn't count the specials like every once in a while like 60 minutes would do a special about you know oh, yeah. some yeah. issue yeah. in america right an after school so i'm not kind of yeah, i'm talking about scripted i'm talking yeah. about scripted television right. and there were over 70 episodes over the decade from 80 wow right that so were that would years. have some sort of lgbtq representation or discussion of those 70 episodes about six had storylines that were about trans women. Really? Wow. But uh, you you, we'll come back to that because I'll tell you why it's not as it's it's not as groundbreaking as you think it is. But <laughs> and, and only as it sounds, and only four of the stories revolved that I could find revolved around lesbians. Oh, Everything else was gay males. <laughs> Which huh. so, right. 
I one of them was Hotel. Hotel did a had a had a um, one of the sons came out. Oh right, and um, no, and then had a and I'm trying to like have I have some notes here, but I don't I don't have the notes on the Hotel episode that had the lesbian uh, storyline, and these are just episodes with the yeah. trans women. So the the way the representation seemed to work, and again, I haven't done a study. This was like a just a right. let me look through and see. The storylines for these episodes were often revolved around when when one character has been set up for dating a romance, and then and then it turns out that the other character is revealed to be gay, oh, okay. sometimes trans. Oh, the surprise gay. This, okay, yeah. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, and Barney Miller had yeah. for about six had about six episodes where they had a recurring gay officer mm. and the first episode sort of and 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 it was revealed and so this is how a lot of storylines went where when when gay slurs or homophobia is happening within the storyline one of the recurring characters or a side character reveals that they are that sounds gay in order to sort of Ah, make a point a lesson learning mm -hmm. the yeah lesson yeah learning lesson learning game. Game. okay <laughs> um that was that was barney miller although then they brought that character back and continued to so it wasn't it wasn't just a one-off which okay. i thought was very yeah. interesting and cool. and and supposedly the showrunner actually worked with some version of glad i think of the time because okay. this would have been the 70s to yeah, try to shape sense, that character. Like some kind of sensitivity training type of thing. Yes. Okay. Um, but that uh um and then and then several storylines around people thinking someone's gay and it causing oh, yeah. consternation. Cheers. I just rewatched all of Cheers and there was a lot of that. There's there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a, a lot of that on the love boat, Cagney and Lacey. And I managed to that Cag there was a second season. Cagney and Lacey episode, which I did look remember looking at, and I looked back at. So um, it's what I interesting is that the second season, second season episode eight, conduct unbecoming. Cagney and Lacey are working with a third undercover detective, played by Christopher Allport, to investigate illegal weapons that are about to hit the streets. Right, They're these gun, shipment of guns that have been stolen and are going to hit the streets in New York, and. He, they're working with him going undercover separately somebody realizes that that he is has posed nude in a gay magazine this officer he is put on suspension yeah he's like i did that for five years before i became a cop but the other people in the office are very upset yeah and he's all and he also says i'm not gay but He's put on suspension, and the storyline for Cagney and Lacey revolves around them having to decide whether they're going to basically break this case, which is still pending, with him, even though he's on suspension, which means they might get into trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. But they break the case, and it kind yeah. of helps him in his—he ends up—he ends up, instead of basically being fired, he ends up being suspended without pay for six months. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. But it was—what I liked about it is it was a little more subtle, and yeah. at the end— he stops going, but I'm not gay. He just basically is sort of kind of, and what it's not clear whether he is or isn't. He says at first he, he, he isn't, and he just did it for the money. 
But mm -hmm. at the by the end of the episode, because the one of his best friends, who's the beefcake guy, who's Mr. Um, God, I'm blanking Martin on the actor. Cove. It's Becky. Martin Cove. It's, it's Martin Becky. Cove. Yeah. Uh, it's Becky. <laughs> Is Becky has really been out of shape by it, and at the end, <laughs> yeah. he's sort of you can see sort of that like, would be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. basically kind of is just sort of turns it back on it. Is just like, what does it matter? Like we were we were cops and we were friends together, and and kind of mm -hmm. leaves it as that. Yeah. Um. And so I thought that was actually pretty interesting. And then they they had another, and then later in later seasons. I think some uh, uh uh they had a recurring character that was a neighbor of Cagney's that was gay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it became yeah. a good friend of hers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And recurred. Yeah. Yeah. And the Golden Girls. <laughs> and, and the Golden Girls. Awesome. Yes. And so you could get these one-offs that were really interesting. And then and then there's also like, and then there's also what I just discovered is a thing, a trope, the first lesbian kiss. Do you guys know this? No. So apparently the first lesbian kiss on network television was in LA Law. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Okay. And it was the first ever romantic kiss right. between women on network television. And then they didn't do anything with it. So they had a bisexual character, I think was uh, uh, um, CJ. CJ Lamb played by Amanda Donahue, Donahoe. Oh God! And, yeah, I can see her so clearly right now. Yeah, the straight lawyer Abby Perkins, played by Michelle Green. Yeah, and one of the the things that I think Michelle Green has talked about is it, they just it was just for ratings. They didn't of end course. up doing yeah. anything with that storyline. Yeah, and yeah, and so I think you it, know what what sucks is that first of all that they, that they would do that, but I feel like in today's time they will kill off or you know, write off the lesbian before, you know, um, before anybody can have a good time. Have a, yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. After they have a good time right. as punishment. Yeah. yeah like, you know, or whatever, before they can delve into things, but like right, um, right. person of interest, like I think was the big one that started like a whole slew, like there's a hashtag on Twitter and everything. And so I get it, you know, like it, they, and I feel like they do that for ratings too. You know, yeah. in a weird way, like you know, when they when they mess with a fan favorite, you know, when mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. that, I, it drives me crazy. It's my most hated thing. It feels <laughs> like it's such an easy go to kind of thing. Like, oh, think harder. You know, like yeah. come up with something better. Like that's just you know May and September. Like well, because it's it's so clearly then through. A different lens and we 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 talk about this like who who is creating these storylines yeah, and that's one yeah. of the things that sort of as you say most impressive oh, about barney yeah. rosenzweig because mm -hmm. he was constantly filtering him himself mm -hmm. and then surrounded himself by women not just the women on the show but Behind um, Barbara Corday, Barbara yeah. Avedon, but but ultimately Gloria Steinem and like he was educating himself yeah. through that show yeah and trying to shift his lens mm -hmm. like his the male gaze he was actually trying to filter it to yeah. make that show yeah and that mm -hmm. it shows it makes it makes a difference and i um, feel like all those lessons he learned he threw them all into trials of rosie o'neill you know yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah big time yeah big time 
but I, um, you know, yeah, when I look back and I, and I think about, you know, like the only, like all my, like buddy from family, Christy McNichol. And then what was the sitcom later on? Oh, right. Mulligan. Oh, uh, Empty Nest? No. Empty Nest. Yes. Yes. And they were the neighbors of the Golden Girls. (laughs) yeah i'm also totally forgetting about sydney love sydney love sydney oh, love yeah. sydney on television martha smith who was on scarecrow mrs king and came on our <laughs> podcast talked about that because she played she was did the episode of um of 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 basically when they basically tried to give love sydney a a girlfriend and she was the girlfriend that basically he has to say at the end like this this isn't for me oh my <laughs> yeah. god but it was it, it she talked about how carefully they really that that the shame of that show is that they did not embrace that they had a gay character they just sort of let it be kind it, of hidden and really yeah, never it's, it's weird embraced it it's it was like they were foreshadowing what happened to Ellen, you know, like we don't mm-hmm. want this to happen, mm-hmm. so we're going to be real careful with our words, <laughs> right? Right, and yeah, it, like Ellen just blew things up, you know, just blew up. Um, and it, but you know, it it broke door, it broke down doors, you know, and and it had it, she sacrificed a lot, you know, to do that. She and did. Huge. And that's huge. So I'm curious, JD, what your shows were. Was there a show that you're like, oh, thank God, there's some representation that I connect with? Queer as folk, JD's like, JD is 10 years behind on everything. Uh, <laughs> more like <laughs> <20 sometimes. laughs> uh, the, or- love, the original yeah. British version or the American version of American. Queer as Folk? The American. the American version. Yeah, I never got into the British version, but uh um, neither, and I yeah. love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I mean, if we're t- are we talking 80s or just in yeah. general? Like, was there anybody 80s. in the 80s that that floated your boat? I think um, you know, I I as far as like the queer representation or just in general, I I think um I kind of like that Buddy was a tomboy because I related to her. Yeah. I was like around her age when that show was on. So I remember like kind of, but then she had the boyfriend, they gave her the boyfriend, but yeah. you know, that, I think that was kind of, you know, I think that I almost related to her in that sense, because when I was, I didn't come out until much later in life. And I, I was in that position. Um, I even had a boyfriend that looked like her boyfriend um, <laughs> who ended up being my husband um, for many years. But um but yeah, like I kind of related to that because she was this tomboy and I was the same way. Like I didn't wear makeup. I was like athletic and stuff. And then she, but then she had a boyfriend and I thought, well, kind of that's how, you know, but I, I didn't think, you know, I guess because I was too young at that point, but I liked that um, later on with the golden girls, I love that they put that character in that Dorothy had her, uh, her college friend, best friend that was, a lesbian and yeah, it was afraid to say it and then she didn't want anyone to know because she thought that they wouldn't accept her and then she falls in love with rose yeah um i was glad that they did that because yeah. and then and what was nice about it was that um her mom knew like sophia knew when it didn't make a difference to her 
Yeah. And, you know, I just thought that uh, they really did that very well because um, there, I think there was a scene when Dorothy said to her, to her mom, would you care if I was gay? And she said, uh, it wouldn't matter to me one bit. I would love my children no matter what. And I thought that was a really cool thing yeah, to yeah. put it there. And, and they made her brother a cross-dresser, if you remember. So maybe that was kind of a trans touching upon that because yeah. you never saw him though, but they alluded to that, that she had the brother that was a cross-dresser. So yeah, I, I think that probably those were the two. Um, it, it's crazy the way they did it back then in the eighties where any kind of mention of gay, queer, lesbian, trans, whatever, it was almost like the network was watching and the, and the, in the creators or the the writers were kind of like, like just testing the water, like just yeah. right, the right, water, a little bit testing it. But I think that the ones that are were handled with humor, you know, had more of an impact on people, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, as opposed to, well, you know, it, my age, you know what I mean? Like I didn't watch a lot of like a, a grown up you know, late night television or whatever, like whatever, you know, my parents were watching. But when I was younger and watching sitcoms from eight to 10 before bed, you know, if there was, you know, stuff like that, that was covered because you would never see it in Laverne and Shirley. You would never see it in Happy Days. You would never, right, you, know, right. Mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, in something, you know, that when it would, when it was in something funny and it was handled with humor, I feel like it's, again it diffuses teaching, it uh, teaching, for people yeah right? exactly yeah it, there was more of an impact in um in a good way you know as opposed yeah. to like in a in a late night in a grown-up one you know well the interesting thing about golden girls is is that the pilot had a gay character they had a cook in their house yes, yes. And, there is a, and, oh, yeah. and so clearly it was sort of built to have a gay mm -hmm. character and then they're like ah oh, you know let's cut that because then they also pull like back make... a little bit let's just pull it back a little bit <laughs> well one of one of the reasons and, and it's such a such an interesting concept it is for women who decide to live together for financial reasons because <laughs> they can't afford to live on their own right yeah and yeah. so they and and because their husbands are gone right Right. And that's so true. that's just so like, I, I remember being struck by that watching, rewatching the pilot in the first few episodes. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is it's like, okay, I guess we have to pool our resources and can we can all come live with <laughs> right? you? And she's like, that's fine. And you, you know, pay but me I rent. And yeah, that, that is true. That we're tackling, you know, financial hardships like, um, oh my God, I just blanked. One day at a time. I'll throw one out. One day at a time, right. Oh, yeah. And right, with, right. Um, with JJ, JJ Walker and John Amos. and Good times. Jack, oh. Good times, good times, right. Like those were all, you know, stories that centered around, you know, that uh, inequity, like, you know, mm -hmm. having hardships. And, you know, everybody was just eating them up, <laughs> eating them up. Like, yeah. funny stuff, man, it's funny stuff. It's like, well, and Alice, I can watch it as an adult. You're like, Alice. this is painful because there were times during like the Connors, you know, moving current mm -hmm. time yeah. that I, I just now, we just got it over here. So I just binged like all four seasons or five seasons or whatever. And I was just like, I, 
I can't believe how deep they're going about being poor here. Like this is <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. Well, that, I, that I, was a big part of Roseanne is bringing mm -hmm. back that kind of, and Grace Under Fire. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, sort of the working yeah. class. Red Butler. Oh God. I just started, I just started watching anger management for some reason. Like it just popped okay. up one of my streamers yeah. and she <laughs> like a little, background role as a bartender and i'm telling you she eats up every scene and i love it Brett <laughs> butler, butler was a treasure <laughs> yeah oh yeah but i think that's a, that's an interesting thing like how far how unusual it is actually now to have maybe not as much in streaming but right before streaming kind of hit but to have sort of you know a lower class working class representation that you had a lot more of in the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now it feels like an anomaly i remember yeah if, gosh who's uh raising hope mm. oh Which yeah i love <laughs> i love that show mm -hmm. and mostly because of the actress that i'm blanking on now martha, um, martha, martha, plimpton? Uh, um, martha plimpton no yes yes martha plimpton who yeah. i love but She's also the, the baby here right now <laughs> i gotta tell you I'm a sucker she's for it. Oh, she's, yeah. she's doing a British series over here right now. Is she? Really? Okay. Yeah, she spends a lot of time here, man. She's always, oh. always in London. But yeah, she's doing a Sky original that looks amazing. Like, I really can't wait because I do love her too. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, I, I remember loving that show, but also noting like we were like, this is, this takes a lot of discussion now with the network to put on a family that is struggling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't, yeah. they would much rather and they they like they really want just people in fancy homes you know like yeah they want everything think, to look like dynasty or were you the, well not the even modern totally, version of dynasty when they show like a 20 or 30 year old you know that has these these glamorous apartments and stuff and you're expecting yeah in new york they have these amazing penthouse apartments right you know? right i'm just like jesus god aren't we past this yet you know let's bring it down a notch <laughs> friends may I have a lot to was... do with that because there's no way they could have afforded that yes yeah, that apartment oh, exactly. and they tried to pass it off but still <laughs> like monica's grandmother's apartment right? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was like why is joey and chandler's apartment so shitty and monica's got this glamorous palatial <laughs> <laughs> Of Unfortunately, I think a lot of the influence is coming from the reality TV where they have mm -hmm. like the housewives of Orange County, like all of these fancy and the Kardashians and, and the million dollar real estate and the married mm -hmm. to medicine. Like they're all over the top, you know, okay. just yeah. rich people. And the, I and unfortunately, that reality show whole entity I think has really brought the curve down for a lot of TV, oh, in my totally. opinion. Even yeah. though I watch it, yeah. uh, like my guilty pleasure. Don't some of those shows. say it. Um, Don't <laughs> say it. Don't. It is my guilty pleasure, but um, I'm not going to not going to say it. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. Oh. But so, I think yeah, I think that the public's fascination with wealth, you know, is. Uh, I think I honestly, I think we're, we're, I, I I'm predicting that we're going to move away from that. You know, like I just Hopefully. feel like people are kind of done with it. It's, it's only Bravo TV watchers that are in <laughs> like, like, TLC, Bravo. I think, like, but I think you know. it's like you say, Denise, though, because then the young people 
feel like they need to be there already. They need to be driving the fancy cars and living in those really nice apartments. And they like, just think that's where they need to be like in real life, even though they're watching it on TV. Yeah. So I agree I would with that. I'd rather watch like a scripted TV program any day. Yeah. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Like I just yeah. really don't do the reality thing at all. I can't, I can't stomach it. Yeah. Competition. Like I was really addicted to traders and because it started in, in Denmark and then the UK did a version of it. And then instantly the U S did a version of it and we were comparing it, you know, like they had no celebrities on the UK one. They were just common people that they plucked and threw into a castle and had to play the game, you know? And, uh, <laughs> well, and now I know what you're talking about. Cause I didn't even know that show. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I watched the, I did watch the first season. It's not my cup of tea when it comes to competition reality shows. I don't like the ones that require you to fool other people, I try cheat. to manipulate other <laughs> yeah. people. Right. I mean, I love the amazing race for the reason that you can't do that. It's so win. pure. It's so yeah. pure. From right. that standpoint, yeah. you, you yeah. cannot play the game that way. In fact, they have rules that that prevent you from doing that. But right. to each his own, you know. I know, but right, you know, right. My wife had a really good point when we were watching Traders because I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for season two. She said, "It's you know what? They're not going to get much more out of it because everybody watches it, and now they know all the avenues to play. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's villainous or whether it's a suck up or whether it's you know, and it's just it's not going to be nothing is ever going to be as good as the first one because it was so different and so original you know and i'm like oh yeah right. <laughs> right. so yeah we probably won't end up watching it at this point <laughs> it may surprise you it may still they may still figure out a way to make it maybe as charming I, in the way that that um they were able to in the first season you never know yeah yeah they I had mean, survivor is on survivor Forty thousand or something. <laughs> I mean, he's in forty-five, right? <laughs> oh, God, only The Simpsons has been on longer, <laughs> right? God, and every channel over here, The Simpsons are friends. Unbelievable, right? Right. Wow, they yeah, but they what they they love American programming over here. Seriously, we have like one one whole network that's called CBS. Um. What is it? CBS Reality. I don't know why, because mm. no reality shows on it, but it's just <laughs> CBS top shows. Five okay. US only. <laughs> All top. Oh my God. Shows. It and makes CBS. me a little. Yep. It scares me a little bit that that's what people think uh, law enforcement is. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a true story. When I, I had to take the British citizenship test in order to get my indefinite leave to remain. And we had to go up to Birmingham and, you know, get fingerprinted and retina scanned and all this other stuff. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room and um, this extremely Eastern European gentleman says to me, you know, like, where are you from or whatever? I said, uh, originally Florida, but, you know, now he's like, Florida. He was like, oh, Miami and CIS, Miami, is it C CSI Miami? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to go to Miami because of that show. And I'm like, oh, honey, it's nothing <laughs> like, like that. that, right? <laughs> One wrong turn off of Collins Avenue and you are, <laughs> you're in Little you're Havana, in man. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I, I don't want to burst this bubble, but I was just like, ooh, I oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's what they that's what they 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 glean from it. You know, that's what they they think, you know, bikinis, sun, glossy, mm-hmm. it's glossy and shiny. And so yeah, it's um quite the misconception. <laughs> and that started with Miami Vice, didn't it? Oh god, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Back to the eighties. I know. I was <laughs> just thinking at my mother's restaurant. This is no good. There was a poster of uh, Don Johnson and Philip Michael Thomas. There was a poster of Bruce Willis from Moonlighting, and then my um, mother's my cousin, who is my mother's business partner, on her wall, she had um, John Travolta. And these were, this is in, in the back room, in the kitchen of the restaurant, in the kitchen, <laughs> just all 80s men, like all 80s <laughs> men. It was just the funniest thing. Like I so vividly remember that. Remember <laughs> that. Johnson, Bruce Willis, I can't, yeah, and John Travolta. And there was one other one. I can't, can't, can't remember it, but. I love that because like, that feels like a teenage girl room. Yeah, yeah. their kitchen. Yeah. It was our our kitchen. My mother had a thing for Don Johnson, man. She used to turn off the lights and take the phone off the hook when Miami <laughs> Vice would come on. <laughs> no bullshit, man. No bullshit. Don't knock at the door. Don't call me. <laughs> That's it. Well, because there was no time shifting then. You had to watch it when it aired or you That's were going right. to miss it. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Let me tell you Just... something. My parents could not figure out a VCR to save their lives. I'm looking at the Atari. My God, it took my dad three days to hook up an Atari. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. You had to watch it when it was on. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. I wish it was always like that. Like I really, <laughs> so I feel like I, you know, like I get that the streaming services, it's a whole new way of doing things, but Jesus Christ, I am so, I have to keep notes on my phone. Like what show is on what streamer? Netflix or is it on Amazon or is it now on Paramount Plus? Is it on Peacock? Is it on the? I'm so screwed up at this point. Like I have the phone, so I can you know continue. Like I want to watch the next season. (laughs) I can't remember what streamer it's on. So it's um. And then there's sometimes so long between seasons now. Like there's no there's no schedule for times that by a year for everything over here. So oh right uh, right like so, uh, we're we're on like this is this is a good example we're on like season nineteen of Grey's Anatomy there's only been six episodes and it's been four months <laughs> I was blaming, I was blaming it on the Super Bowl like the hype you know and I'm like okay well <laughs> obviously it's not that these mid is there mid season breaks. Oh, is there is, talking? there is. And, you know, cause, cause again, my husband works on a show called Titans, um, which okay. is about like the DC comics, Teen Titans is on HBO. Yeah. 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 Max or whatever it's called now. Discovery <laughs> Max plus plan plus, plus plan yeah. discovery in and I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then they, they used to like dump the episode, you know, they, they, did the week to week for a while and then some and then they started dumping episodes like three at a time and then this year for the fourth season they're like we're going to show week to week for mm-hmm. you know for six episodes then we're going to take a really random long break mm-hmm. and then we're going to start the last six 
So it's a, there's a thought process behind it. Like someone's come up with this. Someone came up with a plan. <laughs> I don't know how much of a thought process there is. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm not sure. I think an algorithm shot that out to them. An AI algorithm of television streaming plan. I am utterly amazed that it's a thing. Like I, I in my mind, I'm thinking it has to be like, it's award season, it's Super Bowl season. Like maybe everything is just off for that. Yeah. But, and maybe that and they wanted like it it also for so many of these streamings, it all has to it all revolves around subscriptions. Yeah. What will launch the most subscriptions yeah. and continually mm -hmm. launch subscriptions. And I think that's mm -hmm. that's a real shame right now because all these there's some shows that have been really, really great. And then they just do like one or two seasons of them. And then they're like, yeah, we don't need them anymore because we just needed people to show up. Yes. <laughs> and now that they're so in, worried about Apple most of them will keep that. that. Way. Like, yeah, that's, it's not long-term thinking. Right. No. It's yeah. So, like Ted Lasso, they're already talking like the, like the third season is going to be the last season. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And the same thing <laughs> with the morning show. Like they, I they, subscribed they, to Apple they, for this stuff and for three seasons and that yeah. three and out. Like, wow. And I, I don't think there'll ever be a streaming show that will last as long as Grey's Anatomy has lasted. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, I can't see that happening. Which and is or, the uh, Yeah. Well, I, love the Simpsons. Yeah. I believe that's for because of the gays. <laughs> I feel like the gays will always stand by Grey's. You know, <laughs> like even though there's gays no Cali, there's no more Arizona, there's no doesn't matter the gays still stand by grace it's it's crazy and, and what about svu that's like those people had a, uh, have a job for life with the, i mean they 20 years got yeah old went from young to being older you know old with that show <laughs> i always really think about that like the 80s kids you know like where they had like they literally grew up on a set because at that time you did have like seven eight nine sometimes ten seasons of like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like I said, I watched Cheers from the first season to the last Same. season mm -hmm. recently. Same. And look at Woody Harrelson. He was such a baby. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, oh my God. I, and, you know, I look at like even the first couple of seasons of when Frazier came into it, he was like so young, you know. And by yeah. The when yeah. He got spin -off, I'm like, holy. Cow. <laughs> like, they all just like became grown-ups like in front of our eyes it's just it's, it's so crazy. weird it's so weird looking back at 80s television and going oh my god everyone is so young right <laughs> stephanie zimbalist and pierce Brosnan look just they're just so young and beautiful <laughs> you just can't stand it yeah yeah really? yeah i remember my my aunt had such a thing for robert wagner so like we they should, they should oh, yeah. kick wow. us out like when heart to heart came on <laughs> okay well, before right. before um, before heart to heart there was another series he did with um eddie the same albert no, albert not the same eddie albert um it takes a thief i think it was called oh yeah yeah, yeah. he was he played a a a thief and eddie albert was his government handler who would and they would go solve crimes together because they needed his help to infiltrate or steal something back or whatever it was a great show it was a lot of fun it was another um, good one there were so many like i yeah. go back to like binging on starsky and hutch like i remember oh, that yeah. coolest yeah. show with that car and dukes of hazard and i mean gee simon and simon 
another Simon one. Simon and Simon. <laughs> that show got saved when Cagney and Lacey got canceled the first time. I oh. I remember that. Yes. Because it, was, it had just been canceled the, too. Whatever happened to the blonde guy? Because Gerald McRae. Oh, Jameson James Parker? Parker. Yeah, he's still he's still working. I mean, he's he he hasn't gone on to like have his own show. I don't right, think. Right. Um, yeah. But like Gerald McRae had a couple, but he I, I yeah he he shows up as the guest star and and does he? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But yeah, Gerald McRae because I watch NCIS or whatever and Los Angeles. He his character is perfect. Just a gr- grumpy, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well and and he is married to delta burke from burke. designing women, from designing and, and women. They, i think they met on designing women they certainly were they are in scenes together he plays her one, Ex- one of her exes yes mm-hmm. don't they seem yeah. like an unlikely couple <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he's just so grouchy and she just you know like i loved her in popular and ryan murphy's first oh yeah um show because my <laughs> friend of mine was uh Carly Pope was the star of that with Leslie Bibb who went on to like big things um and that was like a CW show and it had two seasons two yeah two seasons and it ended on this massive cliffhanger and then they didn't get renewed and so we'll never uh, know what happened oh they never <laughs> I, that's so tough that's yeah. so hate tough. that that's a, yeah that's just it's it's crazy i just i just looked at the clock and i can't believe we've kept you okay guys. i know we we've talked and talked we've and talked guys i never expected to keep you this long i'm so sorry <laughs> oh, we could, so trust, as you can tell we could continue we on could for, keep talking <laughs> but, go on forever. i got a shout out xenia warrior princess oh my yeah. god yeah yes uh, for for because for the younger generation that i know that show for lesbians yeah yeah just is made made saved their lives right? oh my god yeah. made yep. gave them some you know they hope. really changed gave their us lives. hope yeah so <laughs> I, I had a roommate right i had a roommate um after after i had come out and i got i had my own little place and everything and um about a year into it uh my friend went through a bad breakup with her girlfriend so she moved in and with her she brought a life-size xena warrior <laughs> cardboard that was in my kitchen <laughs> i think i saw that no i think i it was in your kitchen so kind of the equivalent of your mom's posters kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it was like, yeah kind of and but you know like a condo is so small Right. And like when you open the front door, you are literally looking into the, it was like the <laughs> kitchen and there was Zena like right there. And it was the funniest thing. And like, I was never a huge fan, but my roommate would make me sit there and watch the shows. And so I came out of it like a huge fan. Like I didn't go into it a big fan, but I came out of it a huge fan. And I'll tell you what is really cool is that um, over here, there's a show called My Life is Murder. And it stars Lucy Lawless. And it is mm. so good. It's very like castle-ish, you know. Okay. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Retired cop still solving, you know, yeah. okay. for the police department and stuff. But she's so good. It's got like it's it's just funny. It's 
it's it's it's really refreshing to see her playing someone sarcastic and funny. Yeah, I just absolutely love this oh show, and, and it takes. I want to try to find now. that show. I watched that show in Australia and New Zealand. My life is murder. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll find its way over here at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it's really really good. Like she does play a retired cop, and I think she retired because her husband died. But we haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> um, she's got like a little sidekick that does all her cyber stuff and tech stuff who's um hilarious because like she she rubs lucy lawless the wrong way but she's completely unaware that she does mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fantastic it's the, it's got all these weird quirky little side stories like even though she's a retired cop she also bake sourdough bread for a local bakery it's <laughs> but again oh, it's God, like castle that. and you know she's going to solve the murder every time she's never going to get like hurt or beat up or anything she doesn't even carry a gun and she doesn't even make the arrest she just like snaps her fingers and the guy that she works for shows up and <laughs> it's just, it sounds like a little bit like murder she wrote like the British murder she wrote. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. There you go. Kind of, but it's really good to see Lucy Wallace on TV again in such a different kind of role. Like, you mm. know, it wasn't Spartacus. That's a good thing. And um, <laughs> and right. it's, it's not Xena. It's like just easy watching. You can scroll your phone. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and using her her uh, New Zealand accent, I would yes. imagine. Yep. And the guy that is in... um. Oh my God, I just said the name of it to my wife too. Virgin River on Netflix. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that guy. Martin plays, something. Yeah. Martin. So, right, right. He plays, her, <laughs> he plays her brother. Yeah. So it's like, and he can use his real accent. <laughs> They're all using their own mother tongue. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fun. Well, listen, you guys, this has been amazing. When is your second season dropping? That is a good question because we, we we are just kind of redoing the schedule because um, one or more of our next interviews might end up being two parters, and so. But I'm gonna say April. I was thinking more like May. May wasn't it, it might be May. It might be May because I haven't done the math. <laughs> we drop every two weeks. We're so currently you guys, in, oh, okay. in Cagney and Lacey. We're dropping Cag- our Cagney and Lacey series, um, which is uh, like seven episodes. And uh, we dropped two, the two Barney um, interviews are out, just out now. And then um, in uh, two weeks, we drop uh, Tyne Daly talking about Cassidy. Oh, And follow that up with Sharon Glass. So I met, yeah, I got to meet her like real quick um, when she, she came to uh, Sharon's play and, uh, and I met her. This is after it made it to the West End. Like I, there was, I worked with her while it was in, um, at the river Florida. Well, oh, the, yeah. yeah there too <laughs> i did go, <laughs> i did go see the play at the coral gables theater and when they were workshopping mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. um and we met you know sharon then again she was on my podcast like three times we met at the the gables show and then met her again to do an interview before the play opened at riverside where they were workshopping it in london and then um is like, this round healed woman yeah Okay, yeah. cool. It was a really, really, really good. That's um, so cool. But her assistant had to go, go back to the States. So she asked me to fill in for, for the time that her assistant was away. So I was like a PA that didn't know nothing about being a PA. <laughs> <laughs> so 
but um, she did not hold me accountable for that. <laughs> that was lovely. So it was really just like spending um, 10 days with your idol. <laughs> basically. That's amazing. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, it was great to be able to have her back, um, you know, on the, on the show and, and talk about that. That was funny because I was a bit clumsy. Um, yeah. So I, I can't wait to hear the, uh, the Barney ones. I'm really yeah, so yeah. you can check those out now and then and then we're finished wrapping up this season with uh, several Cagney and Lacey more Cagney and Lacey episodes and then we will start season one like season two in in May so it's coming it's it's coming quick and then we'll be doing more comedies but I'm really excited and we got to have you guys on the show I want to sort of talk to. more about queer representation in the 80s I think that's an important conversation to have on our show definitely um, man and uh and and it would be great to have you on. It's delightful. Oh, totally. Delightful totally. conversation. Totally. I'm gonna try and find totally. some, I'm gonna try and find some of my um my friends that are are work that work in LA, you know, like the working actors and pick their brains a little bit because yeah. they're all around the same age. So it'd be great to uh, you know, Michelle would be fantastic for you yeah. to get. She was she's on Twitter, Michelle C. Benia, and she was the one that oh, okay. in ER. Um, yeah, and she's super, super receptive, and she's she's fun to follow on Instagram too, and I'm sure she would love to do it. Awesome, um, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. We love, we love, we love hookups, and uh, um, and love, love our guests, and yeah. you know, JD, we got to I want to hear more about the music, your music, and your because you you seem to be thank doing you. my kind of music. Um, ah, thank you. I'd uh, love to. I well, like, so. Jdanner.com. Yeah. JD if you Danner. go to my website. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for checking that out. JDDanner.com has all my music on it. I love it. And I right love it. now. I'm I literally have flying across the Atlantic to watch her in the band. <laughs> she literally <laughs> is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I We're going to have to give you a tambourine or something and get up there and play, <laughs> play tambourine. Um, <laughs> no way. Uh, you know, I wrote a song about. Ellen, when she came out and she lost her show and everything, like back then, mm -hmm. I wrote a song called Come Out and Dance. And I tried every way to get that song to her. I just <laughs> couldn't get it to her. You know, the way the world is. It's but such a good song, I, too. Uh, it, and I wrote it for that. So it's not on my website. It's it's from my very first CD. But I maybe I'll send it to you guys because it's kind of relevant that I wrote it about how she lost everything mm -hmm. when she came out you know, but then she triumphed years after that. But my music is on my website and it's downloadable for this couple of months. I have it, everything on the website is downloadable free um, until I put it back up into the digital where you have to pay for it. But yeah. I figure if you come to my website, my gift is my song. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies, this has been an absolute pleasure. It would be an honor uh, to be on yours anytime yeah. we're here oh, for you. And uh, we appreciate you actually spending so much time. It's so generous. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh, it's, thank you for having us. This has been, been so much fun. All right. I, yeah, I love it. Awesome. This is a topic we should revisit every couple of months, I think. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, have a great Bye. night. Thank you again thank so you. much. Bye. 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 Why do you always run and check to the love of you? Addiction. Like never touching from your dreams.
Jealousy reveals my rage 